Leviticus 15 podcast, where you'll receive Bible study tools and tips in just 15 minutes. Hey there, welcome to the Focused 15 podcast. This is Katie Orr. This is Katie Orr. No, it's not. Oh, no. You're Katie and I'm Chris. That's <laughs> yes. what it is. Um, we are glad you're here for another 15-minute episode where we help you learn how to get into the Bible and what to do when you are there. So today, we are going to bring you another What You Need to Know About episode. We did our first of these a couple episodes back, and we talked about Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. Today, we're going to look at another book of the Bible. This time, it will be the Gospel of Mark. So Chris is going to take it from here. What what do we need to know about Mark? All right. So Mark, uh, aside from being the second book in the New Testament, um, is the shortest gospel. So it's only 16 chapters, and it is uh, significantly shorter than both Matthew and Luke. It's a little bit shorter than John. And so if you're looking for the quickest read, uh, the quickest account through the life of Jesus... Mark is going to be the book for you. It's also the the gospel that was written the earliest. So uh, the date that Mark writes the gospel um, is somewhere in the mid to late fifties, uh, and uh, so it's that's uh, ni- not nineteen fifties. No, not, <laughs> yeah, not actual fifties. Like, <laughs> not like Mayberry and uh, Andy T- yeah, the the Andy Griffith show. Of course, that may have been the sixties set in the 50s. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, 50 A.D. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So 50 A.D., somewhere in the, in the mid to late 50s, um, is when Mark writes the gospel. And So um, for those of us that don't, you know, you say 50s and I say, okay, so what? Like, what was important that was going on at that time? And how does that relate to when Christ was there? Yeah, and- so Jesus, Jesus is on the cross somewhere in the early 30s, 30 A.D., something like that. So it's about 20 years after uh, the death, burial, and resurrection. The church has had about 20 years to um, to kind of get uh, underway. So that's that's kind of what's going on. So I interrupted you. You can go back to what you were talking about with Mark. <laughs> no. So, yeah, so several things will be helpful to know. First is, like I said, earliest gospel written, shortest gospel uh, but who is Mark? I mean, that's another thing to, to figure out. So Matthew, when we talked about the Matthew episode, Matthew was one of the apostles. So all of the books in the New Testament, they're, rega- they're regarded as scripture because they're either written by an apostle or they're written by someone who's very connected to an apostle. And that apostle then would be able to, to say, yes, I affirm that this is the truth. This is in keeping with the truth. And so uh, Mark is not an apostle but he's connected to some apostles. And so as you read through the book of Acts, you see that Mark starts out kind of on Paul's team. He's on like the crew with Paul that goes on the first missionary journey. But Mark actually leaves that mission trip, goes back home, and at that point, Paul says, uh, you're dead to me. I mean, <laughs> just like it's one of the first uh, really knockdown drag out battles that's in the New Testament. And uh, Why? Why? So he goes home. Like, why was Paul saying... Because Paul said he deserted us. Mm -hmm. So actually, Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas were were best of friends, ministry partners, and they're on the first missionary journey together. And uh, Mark leaves. Paul says, he's not coming with me on the second missionary journey. Barnabas says, oh, I think he should come. And um, and they they actually split. They they Mm -hmm. split up teams. So Paul... 
Um, that's actually when he takes Timothy. Mm-hmm. So Paul and Timothy go off on their second missionary journey. Mark goes with Barnabas. He eventually ends up in Peter's uh, crew. And so really the rest of the connection we see with Mark is that he is connected with Peter. In fact, a lot of what we see in the Gospel of Mark is um, uh, we can tell that Peter's had a great influence on the work because you see a lot of detail about Peter's life. And interestingly enough, Peter is presented as the most foolish in Mark. And so Peter has the opportunity to step in Mark and say, hey, you're kind of hard on me here, mm-hmm. but he doesn't. And so really what we see is we see the maturity of Peter to say, this is how that, this is how that story unfolded. And um, You're right. I was warts, an idiot. Yeah, warts and all. <laughs> uh-huh. And so Matthew and Luke come in and they tell the same story, but they're more positive towards Peter um, and their stories. Um, in Mark's story, he's, he's, he's harder on Peter, probably because Peter's harder on himself. So th- is this in like... Peter denying Christ type of thing is that is yeah that... so every time Peter seems like foolish and like he's jumping the gun he's going to be uh, reading that story and Mark's going to be um, kind of harder on Peter than mm-hmm. you would when you read that same story in Matthew mm-hmm. and Luke and so that kind of brings me to another to another point about Matthew Mark and Luke these are known as the synoptic gospels. So there's four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are called the synoptic gospels, meaning they are they they can be seen together. There's a lot of Mark that shows up in Matthew and in Luke. John's kind of like on his own he he goes off his own direction. Now all of it's true, all of it's 100% true, but they present it in very different ways. So John is presenting it very differently than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So because Mark is the earliest written, uh, we also believe that Matthew and Luke have Mark's gospel as they are writing their gospels. So they start out with what Mark has written, and they say, okay, I see how he did it, but this is how I'm going to write it. And so you end up seeing a a huge portion of Mark um, show up in Matthew and Luke. Um, And then they kind of take their own spins and put it on there. So uh, it's shortest, it's the earliest. Mark's connected to Peter uh, as far as his connection to an apostle. Um, and uh, and also his gospel is being used by Matthew and, Lark, Matthew and Luke as they are writing. <laughs> Not Lark. That's a different, uh, a different uh, holy book, I guess. All right, I got a couple questions for you. Um, so Matthew, we talked about already, was a disciple, mm-hmm. right? Luke... So Luke is is not an apostle. Um, Luke is connected to Paul. In fact, we'll get into that. Okay. In the, so Luke's not really Luke in the scene until after Christ. Correct. Okay. Because I, I, when you were saying that, I was like, I wonder if because Matthew and Luke were closer to Jesus, they had more to fill in the blanks with than Mark, since Mark yeah, was no, younger. Yeah. No. That there's there are reasons why those texts are longer, but that's that's not the okay. reason for Luke. But that might be part of it for Matthew because he yeah, saw be. a lot of that firsthand, so he had more details to give. He had more yeah, dots and just, to connect. I mean, just think about it. Like, if you've ever had uh, more than one pastor at your church preach or more than one person at your church preach, sometimes there are pastors that, uh, that they can say something very succinctly and very um, precisely, and you know exactly what they say. And there's other pastors that just by nature, just by the way that they tell stories, more long-winded, um, just takes them longer mm-hmm. to say the same thing. And it's not that one is better than the other, but they are they are suited to, to mm-hmm. each of their personalities. 
And so I would say it's probably a little bit more like that with Mark and, and Matthew. So Mark doesn't include any birth stories, for instance. So none of the birth accounts of Jesus, uh, Mark doesn't get into that. So by Matthew starting out with a genealogy that Mark doesn't touch and starting out with a birth account of Jesus that Mark doesn't touch, things like that are added in that are going to make it longer. Mm-hmm. So Mark is like a, like, like a quick, down and dirty, this is what Jesus' life was, you know, get in, get out, move on. Um, that's kind of his, his writing style. Mm-hmm. So and you're probably going to get into this because the, the three main things that we want to try to hit with each of these studies are the author, which we covered, the audience, and the aim. Why were they writing? Who were they writing to? And who was it that wrote it? So we figured out that it's Mark. Does his audience have anything to do with why it's so short? Um, not necessarily. In fact, if he was actually writing to a different audience, it could have been even shorter. Hmm. So Math, uh, Matthew is uh, he's writing it to an audience that is primarily Jewish. Which we talked about in the last episode. That's right. right. Which is why the genealogy is so important. In the Matthew episode. What did I say? Yeah, yeah. the last episode. Yes, but, the Matthew episode. Like That's why that genealogy was so important because he's trying to prove the... That Jesus is the Messiah. Yeah, and that he's the rightful king mm-hmm. of Israel. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Matthew's writing to a Jewish audience. Mark, however, is writing to an audience that's unfamiliar with Jewish customs. So, so Mark is actually going in. He's giving us a little bit of a uh, explainer on some of these Jewish customs. And so, because he does that, he's not able to assume that the audience is just going to understand what he says when he starts talking about these things. And so, it actually could have been even shorter but uh, I would say that's probably um, Mark being the earliest gospel writer uh, doesn't have anything to compare it to either. Mm-hmm. And so what's his purpose? He, he's trying to, to write an account of Jesus' life. And uh, so he has the opportunity to do that, and no one else has ever done that before. And the rest of the gospel writers, they're able to look at Mark and they're able to say, okay, I see how he said it. There's some other angles I want to approach. There's some other things that we didn't get to say. Mm-hmm. In fact, even John's going to go on later on to say, in my gospel, and John, uh, you know, he, he's he's very um, particular in how he arranges his gospel. But even at the end of his gospel, he says, I couldn't put all the stuff that Jesus said into yeah. my into my book because the the all the books in the world couldn't contain yeah. what he said. And so um, these. Uh, they, these men have the un, unenviable task of of <laughs> writing about Jesus in such a way that's 100% truthful and 100% accurate and doing so in a way that's picking up on all the major themes yet having to choose, okay, which which great, perfectly uttered statement do I have to leave out? Yeah. You know, and so they really have unenviable tasks. But because he's the earliest, um, I, I would say that the, the other guys... Perhaps one of the reasons they're a little longer is they, they're able to see how he's written and they're able to approach it from some different angles, whereas he's trying to do his best to just put this is the life of Jesus as I know it on mm-hmm. paper. Let's back up real quick. You've thrown We've thrown around disciple and apostle and mm-hmm. all that. What's the difference? So when Jesus was on the earth, um, he had 12 men who followed him around. Mm-hmm. And those men, he called the disciples. Uh, we call them the apostles. Um, because there was also, he also had other disciples, about 120 or so by the time, by the time of his death, but there was this specific group of 12 that were known as the apostles. And so when Jesus calls his disciples, he's really talking about those 12 
men. When we say apostles, we're talking about that same group. And so, uh, in one case, they are disciples and they are apostles. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to Usually those... when people say the disciples, usually we think of the 12. Yes, but you could... I could be talking generally about disciples. Yeah. And I mean, we've got disciples in our church. Right. I mean, I'm a disciple, right. you know. So, there's a sense in which every Christian is yeah. called to be a disciple. And so... So, do you consider Judas Iscariot an apostle? He was an apostle. Okay. Uh, he, wasn't a, he wasn't a believer... Um, and so he, he actually loses, uh, that office and he's, and that office Mm -hmm. is replaced by Matthias in Acts chapter one. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, so really the only, the only men we ever see called apostles in the New Testament are those 12 men. Including, uh, so is Matthias considered an apostle? gets swapped out for Matthias and then Paul gets grafted onto that group. Um, because of his special connection to Jesus and the way that he was converted and the, outsized role that he played in the early church um but uh but beyond that um no i don't apostles. believe there's more apostles now mm-hmm. you might be from a faith tradition that that has men in your denomination that are called apostles um but uh but the the faith tradition that i'm in and and really the kind of the the way i see it um that apostolic office ended mm-hmm. with paul and and the, and the rest of the the original 11, mm-hmm. the rest of the, the 12. Well, it's helpful, and I, I brought that up because I think it's helpful that when we talk about the Bible and we're talking about apostle or what, you know, like we... I don't think a lot of people, when they hear apostle, automatically know what that means. Yeah. So, whereas if you said disciple, and so really we're using them interchangeably. A lot of people use them interchangeably, so I'm glad you brought up the difference of those. All right, so now let's have a little bit of fun. So, Uh if you're listening to the podcast right now and you have a snake in your hand, go ahead and raise your hand. A snake. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. If you have a snake in your hand, go ahead and raise your hand. Uh, Okay, now you have a snake's head even with your eyeball. Um, What? Yeah, so a lot of, uh, not a lot, there are some parts of Christianity in America specifically, where snake handling mm-hmm. is a part of their worship practice. And you say, where on earth do they get that idea? Oh, because the apostles were able to do that. No, because they get it from Mark. Uh-huh. So the very oh, end uh-huh. the very end of Mark's gospel, chapter 16, verses 9 through 20, there's a section in there where uh, these stories are not recounted in any other gospel except for Mark. And he starts talking about some things that Jesus does. And the very last thing that he recorded Jesus saying is that that people that believe in him, after they come to faith, will be able to cast out demons, will be able to handle snakes, will be able to drink poison, and it's not going to hurt them. And so there are some people that would they have taken that to say, um, I'm going to go ahead and do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that's interesting to note about that passage, particularly Mark 16, 9 through 20, is that perhaps in your Bible, as you open it up, your translation will say, something to the effect of the earliest manuscripts didn't include this passage. Mm. And so it, it's really kind of, a, of, a, of an interesting situation as you read through Mark. You get to this point where some of the oldest manuscripts, some of the oldest copies of the Bible we have, don't include those verses, while some others do. And so scholars are really split on whether or not this was actually the words of, of Mark. Um, but don't let that, don't let that derail your faith by any means. I mean, there's, we see Paul in Acts, he's bitten by a snake and it doesn't harm him. Um, so that's not to say go out and start handling snakes and drinking toxins. Um, but there are some, there are some things in, in Mark that, um, that, that first of all, they, they kind of make you raise your eyebrows. 
Um, but don't worry, you're not the first person to ever struggle with that. Scholars are still struggling mm-hmm. uh, with those things. Well, thanks for joining us, and I hope you'll join us next time for the, focus, the next Focus 15 episode. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you've enjoyed these tips, share it with a friend. To learn more about Chris and Katie and the Focused 15 ministry, go to focused15.com. Have a great week.